Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. We're your host, Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. I got a Wi-Fi extender in my office, so hopefully it works. Because yesterday <laughs> was a debacle, and I paid 130 bucks for this. So just to be like, man, you went up on this. So, okay, day one of camp, it's in the books. I was there. Jesse's going to ask me some questions. You guys are free to ask me some questions, uh, starting with the biggest. Well, you go ahead. You, you take yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got a bunch of them here for you. So I also went ahead and pulled... Twitter as well. So I got some of them from there, some Sweet. popular ones that came through. So hopefully I cover for you guys in the chat well also. But here we go. For me, one of the questions that I, I really want to know is, and, and this could be anything, Grant, you've been there for two days now. This could be a, a way that a question was answered. This could be a unit, a player, anything. But what is the biggest surprise so far that you've encountered? Well, the biggest surprise of the day for me was on the offensive line. Uh, Spencer Burford starting at right guard. I didn't see that coming. He was not the starting right guard in minicamp and OTAs. Brunskill. No, excuse me. Brunskill's been out. He was doing, he had some type of injury. He was rehabbing from some type of offseason cleanup surgery. They didn't make it seem like it was a big deal. But um, he was not the starting right guard today. Spencer Burford was. He's tw- he just turned 22. And you know what Brunskill was doing? He was Jake Brendel's backup. Actually, I don't even know how to pronounce Jake Brendel's name because Kyle Shanahan said Jake Brendel the other day. So I think there's no one really knows how to pronounce his name. That's a bad sign. Anyway, Brunskill's his backup, at least for today. Maybe Spencer the biggest Burford. surprise is how to say his name. That's Jay what it Brindell. sounds like to me. <laughs> where, was Donovan West around at all? What? Where was yeah, he at? You know, I mean, he, he's around. Uh, he's playing with uh, Brock Purdy like he should be. He's an undrafted free agent. They haven't vaulted him up the depth chart yet but they have with this rookie i mean this is the rookie to sort of watch for like ty davis price we all expect he's going to be a major contributor right now but he's playing with third stringers which is fine i mean there's no rush with the rookie when when a rookie all of a sudden is starting on day one and can't you're like fourth round pick what did he do and it's not so much maybe him but also like what else they have at the position uh, i just thought daniel brunskill was like maybe entrenched there and if they were going to move him to center They'd move him there to start, but Brunskill's like, maybe, maybe he's just like they're easing him back into action. And right now, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. But right now, it looks like Spencer Burford is the right guard. See, this, this was a, a concern of mine, right? Like everybody talked about Banks. This is his first year starting. Brendel, all those things. And and while yes, there is some shakeups, it's a little bit of a concern to me. The biggest concern is that I felt like the 49ers really feel. Like they have a lot of players and they've got to figure out who actually is going to be their starters. I feel like they're throwing spaghetti against the wall, seeing what sticks, and then they're going to take the best players at each position. But what happens to the continuity? How do they protect Trey Lance? Continuity along the offensive line is a very, very big thing. How are they going to gain that during this short session before they start a season? That's concerning. They won't. But it's interesting. It's like they're trying to evaluate and project with these unknown uh, offensive linemen in practices with no pads. So they, they think they like things about Spencer Burford. They haven't even seen him in pads yet, but I can see what they like about him. I mean, just looking at him, he looks like he could play guard or offensive tackle. He looks really athletic, which is not something you see a lot in the NFL at offensive line. The athletes are on the defensive line most of the time. And when you see them in the one-on-one uh, drills, which they haven't done yet, the disparity is eye-popping. And it's like, at least this guy looks really athletic. He's got really long arms. And I compare, I'm looking at right guard, Spencer Burford, rookie, 
looks impressive. Then you look at left guard, Aaron Banks, and you're like, I don't know. So, I mean, I, I, it's a little early to make, draw any conclusions, but I, I can see what they see in Burford and just looking at them side by side. I like Burford. I, that that's interesting that you say that because that was literally what I was going to ask you as a follow up is who looked more impressive. That's, that's interesting. That's this very looks interesting. like a better athlete, but I mean, football is part athletic, part athleticism, part toughness, right? And you can't show that in these practices without pads. So we'll see what Burford's made of, but we'll also see what Banks is made of. Biggest surprise day one is this twenty. He turned twenty two last week. I think he's the youngest player in the team, and uh, that's wild. He might be starting. <laughs> that's that's absolutely crazy. Definitely yeah. a curveball there on day one. All right. Well, let's Real move quick, on, on to. See, Charlie yeah, says, yeah. "Hey Grant, feel free to refer to the Jimmy stands as Jimmy Jerkers." I don't get it. Like I don't either. Like like uh, two thousand nine jerking in two in L.A. <laughs> You're like a jerk. Their Dougie. Did did you do your four hours of independent study? <laughs> he has all week, Gammon. I know it's it's built into Grant's contract as well, but he has all week to finish it. Bear with me. I, <laughs> Jay Sports Enthusiast says, Grant, fix the right side corn rolls on the right side of your head. Uh, reminds me of Malibu's Most Wanted. Represent. Love the show, man. Keep killing it. Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted was a underrated movie. Funny movie. Thank you. That Niner guy says Burford was a four-star recruit, went to UTSA to stay home, uh, close to home, played right guard, right tackle, and left tackle, had really good tape against uh, Power 5 team. Dude's a player. It seems like it. It looks like he's going to be a starter, and he might be their best guard. Showed up early. Wow. Lockerus, look, 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 curious, says, hey, Iggy, little cash to pay for that new streaming gear. Fight the urge to spend it on another one of those sweet Niner jackets. Jesse, I'm missing those sweet purple shades. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you Listen, got purple shades. I, I, well, I'll be honest with you. I actually lost those purple shades when my family was in town, man. I lost them on the river, so they're not coming back. The river is just where you, where your shades go to die. Yeah. C. Turley says Panthers beat writer Sheena Quick said Debo's deal is being announced soon for seventy million guaranteed. Sweet, seventy million. Wow. Nice. Good for him. That's interesting. Okay. Great. Let's go. Hopefully, it happens during the show so we can talk about it. Yeah, that would be fantastic for sure. All right. Next topic. All right. So, most impressive. Now, this could be a player. This could be a unit. But just short glimpse. Who was the most impressive today in your eyes? The outside corners. Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. They gave up a combined total of zero catches today. And it was like, Trey Smart, he tested him a couple of times, was like, no, not this isn't happening. I'm not going to do this <laughs> today. I want to have a good completion percentage today. I'm going to do what I have to do. So first pass of the, of the day, Trey goes at Mosley. And it's um, Jawan Jennings playing outside, running an out, quick out to the right. To the, excuse me, I think it's to the left. I'm, I'm seeing it in my mind. It's to the left. Uh, no, it's to the right. Sorry, it's to the right. I'm behind the play. Trey's over here to the right. Trey throws a little bit of a wobbler. It comes out. It's usually his first throw is a little bit of a duck. And um, mostly just smothers it. Second one. He is throwing to Mac, whoever 81 is. Mac falls down. The ball really hits Mosley in the chest, and Mosley should have intercepted it. He said it afterward. Um, Lance, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him test Traverius Ward. Maybe once. He seems like he knows, uh, he can see the matchups. So anyway, those two corners, I'm not used to the Niners just shutting down the outside. I'm used to Jimmy Garoppolo shutting down the outside of the field by not throwing <laughs> out there. But right now, Chris uh, Trey Lance is like, 
Maybe when Debo comes back. Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, multiple, right? Like, he doesn't have his offensive line. He doesn't have Debo. You know, take it easy. Ease in, kid. Ease in. <laughs> no reason to rush it. But that's great. That's great news. Let me let me ask you this, because I feel like training camp, at least early on, defenses seem to show out early. And it takes a while for offenses to catch up. Maybe that's that's a myth that I've created in my mind, but that's the way that I've I've remember it going down in most training camps is the defenses are usually ahead of the offense. Is that fair to say normally? Usually like as a unit, holistically, but I'm just talking one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. And what I saw today yeah. was corners who are getting the better wide receivers. Now Debo's not out there, but again, I remember, and I want to bring this back to Brandon IU because I'm still, I'm skeptical of him. Okay. When he was a rookie, he would go head to head in that little brief mini training camp during COVID against Jason Verrett and do well, win. He was explosive as a rookie, was he not? No, now, he was very explosive. Now he's, I mean, he can't beat Emmanuel Mosley. He can't beat Traverius Ward. When he wins, it's like usually uh, against the second team, and he's not winning down the field. He's become almost like a possession receiver. That's a little strange. Now, again, it's very early, but I'm still a little bit like, what happened to the, I miss the old Ayuk. I miss the old Ayuk. I don't know what happened, man. He's like now a possession receiver. You got to wonder, like, how much of what happened last year played in his psyche? Because I, I feel like I do feel like he just had that dog in him, right? Where he didn't know what to expect. He mm -hmm. came in the league. He competed. He's his heart kind of showed through. Confident. And I feel like it's kind of just dissipated over time. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's feeling I don't know I what get. it is. But he I feel like he dominated practices as a rookie and he hasn't the last two two years. And he had four catches today, three were against the second team. Three with Sudfeld, one was with uh, Trey. It was a five-yard catch. We keep hearing about this connection that they have and how they're going to be going deep and stuff. It's like I haven't seen Ayuk go deep in a minute. So prove me wrong on that one, Brandon. Because you know who does go deep? Danny Gray. He's hella fast. And uh, <laughs> if Ayuk's not getting down the field, then Danny Gray's going to get some opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll say this: I think I think Brandon Ayuk still has all the skills. I think he's going to break yeah. out regardless. I really do. I, I like Brent Ayuk a lot, so we'll see. I do too. I just hold him to a high standard because I've seen him do it. Official BNA Music 88 says, keep me updated on Silver's takes. I'm blocked. LOL. <laughs> I don't really feel like following anymore, unfortunately. I used to a lot of a lot of people are blocked by Silver. I I made it through the cut, I'll tell you. It's just I don't know. Big uh Big Tim Three says, Love the new Shanny this year already. He seemed hindered by Jimmy and he's excited about this year. With the kid, also love how he broke down BA's situation. He did finally shed light on Brandon Ayuk's situation and said that Brandon Ayuk essentially didn't understand what it took to be a pro because he had so much success early on during the pandemic when there was like no structure. He really took control of the situation yesterday. I, I remember when they were having the press conference, they asked about Debo and Lynch started to answer the question. It was almost like Shanahan just reached over and put his hand on his chest. Was I like, it. I got this. I got I it. got this. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Shanahan was very forthcoming with what's going on in every situation. You got to love it. Did you know that? Um, hold on. Hold on real quick. Ashley says KP from Niners Nation said that Trey was really inaccurate today. Is that something to worry about or just one day jitters? He was nine of 11. See, to me, this is sorry, Kate. This sorry, KP. This is a guy trying to get his stuff read. I mean, dude. He missed a throw? Like, yeah, okay. He's 9 of 11, though. How do you say he's really inaccurate? 
This is what I don't understand. Like when people say, like people are worried about, like like Mike Silver will say that um, you know sometimes his accuracy is inconsistent. So what do you mean? So you're saying he like missed some throws? Like every quarterback misses some throws. What are you talking about? I, I'll give you the stats. He completed what is nine of eleven? What is that like eighty percent? Yeah, it's pretty he did high. Miss two. One was a wobbler, and one a guy fell down. I don't know. I don't understand that. Like, how do you say inaccurate? Like, are you saying well, uh, okay? Off? L- let me play devil's advocate for just a second. Yeah, that's exactly it. Ball placement. ball placement because like accuracy isn't that. necessarily completion percentage. But do you I, feel like not only was his completion percentage high, but was the? I mean, did it seem like he was putting the ball where it should go? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hold on. Yeah. I'd love to know which play he's talking about. I'm sorry. I just feel like someone was trying to be different. That's fair. Sorry. That's totally fair. All right. Um, you'd have to be – look, if you're going to say a guy was inaccurate when go, after going 9 for 11, you, gotta be you better fucking explain how and why. Don't just say it. He was 9 for 11, but he put this ball here when it should have been here. Or he put this – ball. he got us. Now, maybe he did. I didn't read it. I think I read Niners Nation. That's my competitor. Are you kidding me? I'm not giving him one click. I'm petty. I'm petty. All right, let's keep moving on. All right. So you gave us most impressive. The opposite of that is least impressive. Who was the least impressive today for you? Seems like you might have a long list here. You can go with a couple if you want, Grant. It is no, your show. one guy. Okay. And I went with most impressive was the starting corners, least impressive, the backup corner. Mm. Ambry Thomas. What happened? Now, it's funny. Like, he got – he really started off poorly. Well, I'll say what he did today. He got smoked by Ayuk twice, and then he gave up, like, a 50-yard touchdown. You, it was either a 50-yard catch or, you know, a 50-yard catch and run for a touchdown to Malik Turner. And what's crazy is, like, Emory Thomas had him. He's in perfect position, perfect coverage, stride for stride. He just jumped too early. You know, can you picture that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Malik Turner jumps and catches it. It's like, and that's my issue with Ambry. Every like when he was getting roasted last year, and then he would make some strides and do better. People would be like, "Well, he's in perfect position. He's right there." Yeah, but that's only part of the job. The other part is how are you at the catch point? And to me, that's what separates first round picks from third round picks. There's a lot of good athletes who can run with with wide receivers, but can you also? Do something with the ball at the cash point. And if he could, he would have been a first round pick running a four three at six one like that. But I don't think he can. He couldn't much last year. He had that pick week 18 on that underthrown ball from Matthew Stafford. But today he just got whooped by Malik Turner. And it's disappointing. And it's like you can't you can't depend on a corner who gives up big plays like that. And it's a good thing they got Traverius Ward because they don't even test that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I think Traverius Ward is is obviously a great addition. But, you know, when you talk about a, a player like an Ambry Thomas going up against a guy like Turner, Turner's been in the league for a while, right? He knows how to keep his body right. He knows exactly what the competition level is at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to prepare for that. He also knows that he's fighting for a spot on this team. Ambry Thomas probably is not in that same situation. And being his second year, he, maybe he's just not prepared, right? As prepared as he should be. And so it'll be interesting to see when pads pads come on, they get through some preseason games, just to see how maybe some of these guys like an Ambry Thomas progresses as they kind of learn the business, right? So I'm curious to see how, but I'm rooting for Ambry Thomas. I think 
He showed a lot of flashes last year. To me, the improvement that he showed game by game. And I felt like people were picking out a play here and there where he got roasted by some really, really good players. But overall, if you watch every single snap, he looked pretty good in a lot of those games. So I, I hope he turns it around. I really do. To me, I feel like I've been covering this team since 2011, and I feel like some some things repeat themselves. To me, this is Chris Culliver again. Chris Culliver was a third round pick. Chris Culliver was a hell of an athlete. Six feet, 190, ran a four three. Hell of an athlete, and he he could really play press man coverage and mirror really good receivers around the you know down the field. It's just when the ball got there, he didn't know where the hell it was. He couldn't find it with GPS. I mean, he could. There was no way, and it's just. At first, you know, he looked like he was pretty good. But once he started getting burned down the field and it happened in the Super Bowl, you lost all your confidence. It was over. So, like, that's the problem with Amory. Like, how many more of these big plays is he going to give up before he goes in a shell? Last year, he got more confidence as the year went on. This year, he's going to be on the bench. It's going to be – I mean, he won't be giving up big plays. So, he just has to find the ball. You're right there. You're there. You're in better position than the wide receiver half the time. Just – Calm down. I don't know what to tell him, man. It's, it seems like a tough, a tough trait to coach. Maybe you can. And, and I'm interested to see how it plays out too, because I really felt like when they signed Traverius Ward, that they had a plan of saying, "Hey, Mosley's probably not going to be here long term. We had him in a two year deal. Ambry Thomas after this year is going to be the guy ap- opposite of Traverius Ward. I think that that's the plan. So hopefully they're they're able to use that and let that play out. I'm not so sure about that. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say that. Uh, Maybe Emmanuel Mosley might play his way into this team long term because he's good. He's very good, but I think he might play his way out. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he True. really has been locked down. He's been locked down. Like honestly, man to man, one on one, him against Ayuk, that's not a that's not an advantage for the offense. I'm sorry. Crazy. Mosley's a good ass player. Sorry. But listen, sorry. I mean, Mosley. Mosley was the guy last year. At, you know, you probably don't remember, but when we were talking about guys that we really were excited about going into training camp last year. Mosley was the name that I gave. I said, you need to stop playing with Mosley because they were flirting with bringing in an old head, somebody like Sherman. And I was like, just give this man the job already. He's that good. And he's really shown it. He's, he's extremely, extremely impressive. His numbers were really good last year. It's just that he yep. played like the softest coverage ever. It wasn't necessarily his fault. It's what D'Amico asked him to do halfway through the season. It's what he asked all the corners to do this year. I think they're going to be much more aggressive. And if he can pull that off without committing a bunch of penalties, giving up big plays, and if he can intercept two, three passes, he's going to get the bag. So root for him. I'm a Mosley fan. Yep. Kenneth Ruoff says, love Grant after dark. Thank you. It's Niners after. It's Grant Jesse after dark. Although <laughs> Jesse doesn't cur- curse like me. Grant, <laughs> do you think Jennings balls out for a contract this year? Thanks for being raw, man. You know, Jennings interesting. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a ton of money. He is a slot receiver. He's not beating anyone outside. He's uh, in that sense. He's a little bit more limited than even Kendrick Bourne. He's very specific to one, one role. So we'll see. I mean, if he catches 15 touchdown passes this year, maybe some team will overpay him, but I think he's a pretty limited player. Yeah. I I think it's going to be hard. You got to remember Trey Lance isn't going to come in and start throwing the ball 40 times a game. That's just not what they're going to do this year. So I would be hard pressed to find enough targets for him to really go out and break the bank next year. Michael Mox says, sorry if I'm super out of touch on this, but on the topics of cornerbacks is Verrett back uh, back in the sense that he's on the roster, but he hasn't started practicing yet. I don't know if he'll ever practice again. We'll see. 
Um, so far, my internet's doing pretty good. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, God, you so just far. jinxed it. That's oh, good. look, you got blurry go. already. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, a sleeper to look out for. Well, I mentioned the guy earlier, but let's talk rookies. Like Drake Jackson, Ty Davis Price. Everyone's expecting those guys to contribute. What about Spencer Burford? He's starting. What about Danny Gray? Now, Danny Gray, I wasn't real huge on him coming out. I thought he was a little uh, bit of a one-trick pony. That being said, he's the only guy who does that trick on the Niners. Like, again, everyone's thinking Ayuk's the deep threat. He's a possession receiver, maybe a very good one, but that's his game now. Debo, yeah, he's a deep threat, but he's everything. He's like, he's 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 everything. They need a true 4-3 deep threat with Trey Lance, and that's Danny Gray. Now, they haven't linked up for a deep touchdown yet, but it's early. And it's going to happen, I think. So Danny Gray, I think he – it's like all the wide receivers are kind of similar. He's different. All, like, all the running backs are kind of similar. Michael Hasty's different. Like They're not the greatest, and there's a, maybe there's a, a specific role for them, but all of – like Jermichael Hasty too. I just want to say, no one thinks about Jermichael Hasty because he's an undrafted no. free agent. But I think Kyle really likes him, and he's the only third down back on the team. Every other running back is similar: Sermon, Wilson, Tyvis Price, man, like uh, Mitchell. They're all two fifteen, two twenty guys who run hard. Right. Um, Hasty's that scat back, and he's good. He's quick. He's expl- I like Hasty. I'm, I'm a Hasty fan. I'm a Jermichael. H- anyway, those guys. <laughs> Don't sleep on Michael Hasty. If it was up to Grant, Hasty and Dwelly would be starting on this team. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. <laughs> uh get them some love. Didn't uh didn't Danny Gray return some punts or kicks today as well? He did. I meant to say that. So that's good. That's yeah, that's good. that's interesting, right? Like I, I don't interesting. I don't remember him doing that in college. I, I could be mistaken, but I, I never heard of that in college. So I mean, if if a rookie's not ready to play, right? Because there's some people in head of, ahead of him, and he's not out there for a lot of snaps, but he's a weapon and he's got speed. Figure out a way to get the ball in his hands. That's a great way to do it. Kyle Shanahan cares about special teams this year, Grant. That much is very, very clear with the way that they went about the offseason. So maybe they're looking at Danny Gray and saying, "Hey, little early, right? Wide receivers do take some time to develop, but for you." We can get the ball in your hands, and here's how we're going to do it. That's an interesting spin on things that I didn't necessarily think about or expect. Also, big Nate Sudfeld, 11 for 11 today. Good good for Nate because I'm going to be real hard on him when he has bad days. So I just want to point out that he was 11 for 11 today. He was just in the zone. We call it the Nate Sudfeld zone. And once you reach that zone, good job. Is that like the twilight zone? Kind of. Random right, Bob says Grant has a track record of prematurely declaring quarterback success based on scanty evidence. Remember when you declared Kyle Trask is Peyton Manning before drafted? Yeah, but you know, that was just Twitter. <laughs> I Thanks, like Grant Kyle Bob. Trask too. I like Kyle Trask. He reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning. Uh, Joshua White <laughs> says, after watching QB drills today, I only have one question. Can we fire Rich Kangarello again? <laughs> that drill that he was doing last year killed me, man. It was like, I've gone over a million times, but I'm just glad to see that the new quarterback coaches ditched that and actually have a more pragmatic version where it's just like one shuffle and a quick check down. Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want to practice. Nice. Absolutely. Joshua Wyatt. Thank you. All right, moving on. All right. So you talked a little bit about hasty and 
even a little bit about Ty Davis price, but there's a lot of running backs on this team and they got to figure out at least one to cut. It's going to get interesting. So running back splits today, who was getting the most looks, who looked the best, maybe who needs some improvement. How did you see the running backs playing out today? Well, let's go through it. Let me go through my notes. It was a quick practice. So I'll give you every rep. And I, again, there's no tackling. So I'm not saying like how many yards they gained. I'm just, I can tell you what direction they went and in what order they got the ball. So first play of practice was a handoff to Mitchell, who looks bigger. Okay. Really? He said okay. he was coming, coming back bigger. He's big. He looks 215. He looks like a guy who might be able to make it through a full season, which is big because he's their starter. So he gets the first two carries with the starters. Then the second team comes out. Guess who got the first carry with the second team? The first, the second carry of the uh, of the afternoon, of the morning. Guess. Sermon. No. Hasty. Yes. <laughs> I liked Hasty. Yeah. Hasty, then Sermon, then Hasty again. And then with the third team, Ty Davis Price, which is not a reflection of what they think of him. It's just sort of like the day one rookie kind of stuff. Yeah. Then uh, seven on sevens, throw to Mitchell. Throw to Mitchell. Uh, sorry. Lance hits Mitchell. Um, Sudfeld hits Mitchell onto the second page, only two pages. Lance hits use check. Mitchell stretched left with the first team, second team, Sermon from the gun inside zone. Uh, then we got Sudfeld throwing to Hasty on third down. Third team, you got Ty Davis Price stretched right, fumbled it, fell on it. I don't want to nitpick too hard, but I saw it, Ty Davis Price. <laughs> <laughs> then you got starters back another toss to Mitchell. He got, he was the starter today. Um, then with the second team, Ty Davis price stretch left. I thought he got 15 yards before anyone touched him. He looked good today, by the way, he runs really hard. Then uh, with the third team to Michael hasty, it was funny. I don't know. I, Je Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't get the ball today. I don't know what that, what that was about something to monitor, but. That's how it broke down. A lot of Sermon, a lot of Hasty, a lot of Ty Davis Price, and Mitchell as the unquestioned starter today. Yeah, I think that's important too because I think a lot of people, there's this narrative on Twitter that from some that Mitchell is not really that good and that a lot of his yards come from Shanahan drawing things up and scheming things up and he doesn't get much above that. Also, I think that he's an underrated pass catcher. This yeah. is a guy who didn't drop a ball last year. I really thought going into the NFC championship that the scheme really was going to be to get him and Debo an open space out of the backfield against those linebackers, get some easy completions and move the chains that way. It never materialized, but I think he can catch the ball 50 plus times in a season. I really do. I think he's got good hands. I think he's a good route runner. And you said he caught a couple passes today. That's a very, very good thing to hear. I actually think he's a. If you're going to throw a screen to a running back on this team, you know, use checks a good option, but he's 31. I'd rather throw it to Mitchell. Yeah. I thought they didn't do that enough of that last year. I didn't think they threw to him enough. And you know what's interesting about him? He only played 11 games last year. He was the eighth leading rusher in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. He averaged what 4.7 yards per carry. Yep. That's really good. I mean, there's guys ahead of him like. Ezekiel Elliott can't doesn't do that. I'd rather have Elijah Mitchell than Ezekiel Elliott. I'd rather have Elijah Mitchell than Antonio Gibson. I'd probably rather have Elijah Mitchell than Najee Harris. I mean, Najee Harris breaks a lot of tackles, but he's a plotter. Mitchell's faster. I don't know. I think he's the, my only question with Mitchell is he does a lot of his work from when the quarterback's under center. I know he was well, that wasn't the case in college. 
But the splits he had last year from under center to uh, shotgun were stark. Maybe it'll be different with Trey Lance at quarterback because there's going to be a lot of shotgun stuff with Trey Lance at quarterback. I'm just curious to see who doesn't make this team. I mean, I think it's going to be a tough decision at running back, a really tough decision. And if if you're right and Shanahan does like Hasty that much, I mean, he's the third down back. So who are they getting rid of? That I mean, this could be a surprising name or two. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Trey Sermon looks good. He it looked he looked slow last year. From yeah. what I saw on tape. He looked kind of big and slow and out of shape last year. He wasn't the guy I saw at Ohio State. This year, he looks more like the guy I saw at Ohio State. He looks like he's in really good shape. So they're invested in him. If 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 they like, I mean, if he, if he looks improved, they'll keep him. And maybe they'll feel like, you know what? Jeff Wilson Jr. is a little redundant. We have Mitchell, Ty Davis Price, and Trey Sermon. You know, Jeff Wilson Jr. is nice, but he gets hurt. And he's been hurt. And he's a little less gifted. Who knows? Maybe that'll be the odd man out. He didn't practice today. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. All right, we'll be talking next. (laughs) All right. So much like the running backs, I'm curious to see how the wide receivers shook out. Obviously, Debo was not participating. Sounds like Jennings was on the outside. So wide receiver-wise, how did that look? If somebody goes down, how do you see them kind of making up for that? Who plays outside? Who plays inside? Just what did you see from the wide receivers today? So the way I saw it was no Debo. So the starters on the outside were Ayuk and Jennings. And the starting slot receiver was uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Okay. That's the way I saw it. Danny Gray was playing with the backups. Ayuk was playing with the backups a lot too. Um, then you also had 17, Malik Turner with the 50-yard catch. 81 who slipped in he's not making a team. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> uh it was a quick practice, man. They didn't get many, they didn't get many balls. That, that okay, I'll say this. This that's a little interesting because I feel like traditionally Shanahan likes a bigger slot receiver. Mm-hmm. So instead of keeping Jennings inside. He moved him outside and had Ray Ray move inside. Now it's just one practice. I don't want to draw a lot of conclusions from that. But if Debo gets hurt or Ayuk gets hurt throughout the season, is that what they're going to do? Yeah, and that's a problem because Jawan Jennings isn't beating any starting cornerback in the NFL on the outside, or maybe some, but not any like decent one. Nothing against yeah. Jawan Jennings, but you were like a I mean, that's I, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah, you're a slot receiver, and maybe a good one, maybe a good one. But I think the idea is to have a platoon of the big slot and the gadget little slot. That makes sense, and that's what yeah. they have with Ray Ray and and, and uh, Jawan. Um, it's just to your point. If I or Debo misses time, Danny Gray better be ready, and he better be a, go- a complete receiver. Yes. Yeah. Not one trick pony stuff like the whole route tree, everything. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. That's exactly where my mind went is like, man, maybe Danny Gray needs to be ready quicker than they would hope for. He didn't get any targets today. Um, and usually that would make me right, raise an eyebrow, but I did see him run right by me, uncovered deep, while Nate Sudfeld checked down in the flat. So we'll see. Nate Sudfeld, but Nate Sudfeld also hit a 50 yard throw. So I'm not saying Nate Sudfeld's too cautious. He just missed him that one time. Yeah, for sure. You got any more or do you, I got one more question, but do you have any super chats you want to run through? No, I think it's just a bunch of like, um, oh yeah, hold on. K 
Kenneth says, Grant, would you say we are good at the youth of Niner players? Because the Rams look like the Golden Girls right now. I see injuries every week. Um, uh, y- y- yeah. I like some of the young players in the Niners. I do. I, I think Drake Jackson looks a little leaner than he did at minicamp, which is uh, good because I was surprised. But yeah, I don't know. Here's what I've I've heard you say, and I don't I don't know. I mean, you may not have picked up on it, but I remember when OTAs were ending. Some of the guys that you had concerns about were those rookies. You talked mm-hmm. about Drake Jackson being mm-hmm. a little heavier than what you think he should play at. You talked about Ty Davis Price really yep. kind of being in and out, not practicing, being hurt. Yep. You talked about oh, and Mason. Remember he he came in and came on strong. So what does that mean for Ty Davis Price? And then you talked about Danny Gray how it was disappointing that he had the hamstring injury. I've heard you say something good about each and every one of them, which shows that they took this time away from the team to really get ready for a training camp. And as rookies, that's really all you can ask for. Put yourself in a position to go out and compete. And it sounds like they've done that. Right. I mean, because the rookies who start dominating from day one, usually like the future, future hall of famers. So if you don't dominate day one, that's okay. You still might be a hall of famer or a very good player. It's just you're a rookie learn improve and it seems like these guys so far are i mean i didn't see danny gray get the ball yet but we shall see what happens tomorrow he's not calling his own plays maybe they'll feature him tomorrow yeah absolutely yeah all right we're 34 minutes in and we've successfully gone without talking about one trey lance which i know everybody is here for hey good for us that seriously we deserve some credit for that because there's a lot going on right outside of trey lance and i love talking about trey lance we definitely got to get to it now, but we're 34 minutes in. I think that's impressive. Trey Lance, you said 9 of 11 today. I heard that there was an interception. I didn't hear you talk about that. Maybe I'm I'm wrong on that, but I heard that, uh, and maybe it was somebody that misinterpreted something that was going on, but I heard that he threw a pick to um, Tariq Castro-Fields. I don't know if that was like one-on-one drills. I don't know. Okay, so... That didn't happen. That's good to hear. Okay. All right. I, I love the look. Who said that? I, I It was a rumor going around on Twitter. No, so no, I don't no. know. I didn't know it was true. Okay, good. No. So he didn't throw a pick today. Was 9 of 11. Looked fairly accurate. He should have thrown a pick. He right. hit Mosley in the chest, but that's because the receiver fell down with the ball in flight. If you throw so the ball in the it happens sometimes. No, okay. I was not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Great. So yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah, but Trey Lance, I remember very early on, you're like, wow, this kid is he could be the starter, right? He looks really good. But now that we're a year removed, try to put yourself in that headspace from last year, Grant, seeing Trey Lance for the first time at this time of year. What are some noticeable differences, if any? I don't want you to make anything up, but is there anything that you see from Trey Lance that you're like, yeah, this is this is definitely an improvement, anything physique, whatever. I mean, we talked about an OTA. It's just like just doing everything faster. Yeah, That's obvious. But that's – I mean, we talked about that already. I think the big thing with him is like last year, he was so pressing. He wanted to impress so bad. And it's like he was with the second team. Uh, he was only getting so many reps. It's almost like he was trying to do too much or he just wasn't comfortable on the field. Like he, he felt – he needed to sort of win the job every day. And yeah. this year, I mean, there's none of that. You know, you're not going against Jimmy. It's your team. Um, and he's not like if 
if the first throw isn't there, he's not like holding it, holding it, waiting, you know, trying to create a bigger play. It's just like, check it down. Throw it to the throw it to the running back in the flat. Move on. Execute the offense. You can always do that. But you don't need to necessarily practice it all the time. You don't need to practice like hunting the big play, which I felt he might have been doing sometimes. I mean, I would if I was that gifted. Today was just a very um, modest first practice. You know, let's just get in and out. Nine of 11. Could have been 10 of 11. Frankly, he missed the first throw and hit the next 10. One guy dropped, slipped. Let's just, good, good day one. Let's move on today. It was a very mature practice, I thought. Not, not particularly flashy at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it happened this early or if it happened more with pads, but I, I remember hearing a lot from you talking about Trey Lance buying time. Right. Like he wasn't seeing things right away and he would buy right. time, which may or may not end up as a sack. And, you know, if it was real football. Correct. Do you felt like he was more decisive and, and not worried about buying time? He just knew where to go with the football. No question. And I think he understood. Look, I mean, half the time Kittle's not out there. Uh, Debo's not out there. Trent Williams isn't out there. McGlinchey isn't out there. Got to be decisive here. Got to make it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a real football, but you, you got to be decisive here. And he was, he wasn't hunting the big play because frankly, George Kittle and Debo weren't out there and Trent Williams wasn't out there. So just execute. And I think last year, what he was trying to show was I'm the more exciting option. Jimmy's boring. You want me? And now what he's trying to show is I can do the boring stuff. You already know I can do the exciting stuff, but Hey, I can be boring. You want me to be boring? You miss Jimmy. I, I'm boring too. I can have a boring day. I'm just boring enough. So he can do it all. I think that's what's so cool about him. He's not a certain type of quarterback. It's all about having a very young, moldable ball of clay. You can do everything. Why limit him? I like that. I, and I think, you know, for me, that was one thing that I really noticed about Trey Lance is that he's actually more conservative than what people want to say his physical makeup is. Like, yes, he's got a big arm. Yes, he can run the ball. All of those things. He's actually a fairly conservative player. He's going to protect the football long term. I don't see a lot of interceptions from him. Maybe his rookie year, you're going to have some gaffes, but I think long-term, he's not going to be a guy that's turning the ball over 15 plus times in a season. I just don't see that from him. It's not in his nature. He's very disciplined in how he plays. If you want someone who is on the other end of the spectrum, it was Zach Wilson at BYU. He would just run around in circles and do whatever he wanted. Trey was very disciplined. You know, we're going to win this game and I'm going to, I mean, do as little as I have to do. I kind of prefer that style of football, but I mean, Either one can work. Mike 209 says, Senior Pops tweet about coach and his demeanor lack of, and lack of enthusiasm. What's your take on that? Coach seemed more forthcoming with info so far. I mean, I have to cover him every day. He definitely doesn't really like talking to us. He tries to pretend like he does, but he doesn't like it. Most coaches don't. But I, what I don't appreciate about him is sometimes he can have a Bill Belichick demeanor. And I don't like the way Bill Belichick talks to the press anyway. But it's sort of like he can sort of do it because he's Bill Belichick and he's won a million. Like, dude, you haven't won anything ever. So that kind of gets me. And just to talk specifically about how he talked yesterday, you know how he does when he gets in the chair and he's like leaning back like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, he wanted to be there. And he spoke like he said 85%. He did 85% of the talking. So I think part of him is like a little defensive about the Trey Lance stuff and bitter that people don't just give him the benefit of the doubt like Belichick would get. And then he has to defend himself. But at the same time, he's doing all of his press conferences at 915 in the morning this year, which to me, right in the middle of uh, press uh, of a uh, rush hour, it's like you're really trying to make sure the riffraff doesn't come down. It's like just the seven of us asking the questions every day. So it's not, you know, what I'm saying like, I feel like he's a yeah. little doesn't want 
the questions this year. But it's comes he's in midseason form already, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm good. I I also feel like I I get the feeling from him that he's like last year. It, it really was. I don't want to say a make or break year, but they needed to have a winning season, right? That pressure is now off of him. And I also feel like he's got this low key swag about him that he knows something that nobody else knows right? Yes. from the national media perspective. And yes. he's like, I, you think you have it all figured out. Wait until I unleash Trey Lance on you. You have no clue what this is about to, to do to the league. I think he's got a little bit of that in him. And, and I like to see it. That's the ultimate sense of, uh, confidence right when you feel like you have a secret that no one else knows that's that's kind of how kyle acts most of the time yeah he knows something joshua white says the niners are different when juice and kill on the field together are there any young guys who can fill those roles when those no no dwelly he's the super (laughs) backup um i'm people said I, i missed super chats which uh sorry on the goal line was sermon with the second team yes not the first but again, he looks better. He looks way um, slimmer. Tony, I got you. I'll look through and see if I miss any more, but let's move on to the Debo finale. Let's do the Debo finale. <laughs> so, okay. Debo Samuel hasn't been extended yet, didn't practice today. The Niners basically keep saying, we're going to get, it's going to, we're going to have a happy ending soon. Obviously, they'd rather have him like in there every day. How much longer do you think this is going to go on? When will they finally get him on the field with Trey Lance? Yeah, so I got to be honest. I was really trying to speak it in existence for today, but my gut feeling tells me that they'll have him on the field day one of pads. Hmm. I believe that. I think, let me also give the 49ers a little bit of credit here, right? I talk a lot about the human element and how that plays into things. I really respect that the 49ers have taken the stance that, hey, we're working on it. We're confident that a deal gets done quick enough to where he's not going to miss a ton of time. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're willing to let him do side work because we know that that's also what's best for the player here. Right. And they don't have to do that. I mean, they really could play hardball here and say, you're practicing. Yeah. You're healthy. You passed a physical. You're doing what we want you to do, but they're not taking that stance. They're letting him work on the side, stay in shape, be around the team, but also, hey, you're trying to get paid here. We're not going to allow you to get injured, not on our watch. And I, I I, think that that has to be noted, and I definitely respect that stance. But what that stance also tells me is that they really are confident that a deal is going to get worked out very, very quickly. Seems like I it. would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think day one of pads is Monday. I would expect no, they want to pass is, I believe, Friday. Is it? I, I believe it, it. I mean, I could be wrong, but the way it used to be was the first two days, no, no pads, and day three was the first day of pads. But man, I, the world's changing. You know, I'm an old guy. <laughs> Back in my day, that's how they used to do it, but it's all different. This day. I don't know. The way it used to okay. be was day three was pads. Maybe it's day five now. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. The way, but it, yeah. it's going to be day off Sunday, day off Sunday, and then yep. back back monday so i would think monday at the freaking latest monday at the latest okay i'll say whenever day one's of pads is if that's friday then that's friday if it's monday then it's monday so i'm gonna go with that day one of pads he'll he'll be signed yep marie says danny gray took punts and did end around i didn't see the end around 
and I chart every play. Don't believe any. I I have the master. I have the spreadsheet. <laughs> Seth Harvey says I meant Trey Sermon looks like he lost weight. I agree. I do. I missed a lot of these. Sorry, Seth. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the scat back. No, he looks like he's lost weight. No, 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 no. He's put on 10 pounds of muscle. And I, I mean, I, they could use him as a three down back, but it seems like they want to have a committee and they've always had a third down back here. And they didn't use Mitchell that way last year. It was, it was hasty the whole season. Was it not? As a yeah. third down back? Oh yeah. No, it, it definitely was. Yeah. It, it seems was. like they like him in that role and they did not bring in anyone to, to challenge him for it. Um, I think I got all of them. All right. Two more. Two more. Hold on. Someone from Reese. Danny Gray took punts and ran a lot of ends. Hey, man. End runs. Okay. They also lined him up in the backfield. All right. Fans know better than me. I, I, I'll take your word for it. Maybe he ran end arounds and warm ups. Did he get the ball in an end around in 11 on 11s? I don't think so. Teron Lewis says great work, Grant. Thank you, Teron. I hope you uh, come on, Mariah, and I'm in my show again. I'm providing, keep providing this great content. Yeah, anytime. You're the greatest. You, you and Mariah are wonderful. I'd love to go on with you guys. Hit me up. All right, let's let's talk about the Jimmy finale. Yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers. Um, and I asked Kyle Shanahan directly today. I said, is there a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the roster week one? And he said, I mean, I'm sure I could find a scenario for anything in life, but let's just put it, uh, let's just say I'd be surprised, which is a fairly direct answer. Not fairly. It's a direct answer. Thank you, Kyle. So yeah. I, the way I'm reading this is, they're not going to hold on to Jimmy into the trade deadline. Like I thought they might, they're not going to hold him hostage and try. They know there's no trade. They know there's no trade market for this guy. And so right now they're at the, they're at the spot of, do we cut him now or do we cut him later? And, you know, maybe, maybe the nice thing to do would be to cut him now, but was it nice for Jimmy to have surgery and not tell the 49ers? Like, do they really own that? I mean, is it really the Niners job to give, the Seattle Seahawks, they're starting quarterback now. You know what I'm saying? Or like, because that could happen. You cut them, and it's like, oh, we want to do right by Jimmy, and you want to do right by the Seattle Seahawks too. You face them week two, so maybe uh, if you're going to cut him, better to just wait, so that whatever team he gets on, you know, you might have to play them this year. He, he's less prepared, especially if you play him early in the season. I think that makes sense because it's not like you're gonna, you already missed the opportunity to use the freaking cap space. Well, What's the difference between cutting him today and, and three weeks from now? You're not going to sign JC Treader. What's the big deal? Yeah, there's the, okay. So there's two reasons why you keep Jimmy at this point, right? He could pass physical. Yes, they could cut him today. It'd be totally yep. fine. But you're trying to still hang on to this hope that there's trade value for him. Well, the most likely scenario that there's trade value is if a quarterback goes down in training camp or yep. doesn't impress. I heard Mitchell Trubisky's first two passes today were interceptions. Maybe the Steelers come calling. I doubt it, but right. you know, I'm just throwing it out there, right? So I'm rooting for Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know why. Yeah, I am too. Well, I mean, you <laughs> you should be some of the things you said about Mitchell Trubisky. All right. So the way that I, like I see you. it is that if somebody goes down with an injury, that's their only opportunity to really trade him. Okay. So that's going to happen with time. That's not going to happen right away. That could happen in preseason week two, for all we know, if at all. So that's one. Two is what if they have an injury? Like what, if, you know what I mean? Like what if Trey goes down? They don't have, is, is Sudfeld the season option, right? So you've got that as an option for you. And then three, kind of to your point, why? Like there's your, why give him an opportunity to look even halfway decent with another team? 
Why? Yeah, why you don't know him that the whole month to learn the playbook and get acclimated to his new. Why? Especially when it could be Seattle. Cause how many teams need a starter right now? Seattle one. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? like maybe yeah. Atlanta, although maybe not. Yeah. So then again, let's come back to Seattle. I think they're tanking. I think there is a real chance that the Niners cut Jimmy and Seattle's like, do we want to win two games with Drew Locke or six with Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. Two, two with yeah. Drew Locke. Everyone thinks they're yeah. not tanking because they have the oldest head coach in the league, but I don't think he thinks he's stopping anytime soon. I think he thinks he's going to get the number one pick and get a hell of a quarterback next year. That's what I think. So I don't He's know. not on any sort of hot seat. I don't Wouldn't believe. that be the, the ultimate slap in the face for Jimmy if he gets cut and no one everyone's like, yeah, here's a million dollars. Be my backup. Would he just sit? Would he just retire at that point? Like I'm taking a year off. I I really look I look at Jimmy is like not being that guy. I don't I don't know why. And maybe my perception of him is wrong, but I feel like he doesn't want to go through that backup grind. I, I really I feel like he's the type of guy that's gonna want a multi-year deal with bare minimum a chance to compete, but probably be given the the keys to the job. Like that's the way that I look at Jimmy. So I don't, you know, we'll see. You know, everyone always says like, oh, you know, he's not perfect, but he's the 15th best quarterback. He's the 20th best quarterback. He's the 25th best quarterback. Every time I say that, I'm like, hear that. I'm like, no, he's a backup. He's a backup. He's a backup. He's going to be a backup again. And I, I think a lot of people feel that, you know, he's going to have this triumphant second act and he's going to prove Kyle wrong. No, what's going to happen is he's going to crash and burn and he's going to make Kyle look even better. Gonna look him look smart for moving on from him, but gonna make him look better for getting all that he got out of him. Essentially, I mean, he turned like he was Matt Castle. He was Tom Brady's backup. He had some. He won some games for a few years, but essentially was a backup playing above, punching above his weight. And yeah. wow, that that happened. But uh, yeah, Kyle's gonna get credit for that. And that whole record, you know, his record without Jimmy's gonna improve. I think. Okay, so the question is, as push comes to shove, do you, after hearing, because I know that you've got a bottle of wine on this, right? I'm going to lose that. After way. hearing the answer that Kyle Shanahan gave you, do you think they will outright cut Jimmy if push comes to shove? Yeah, I think they will. It sounded like what he said was, you know, Trey Lance could get hurt tomorrow. You know, he could blow out his yeah. knee at home, in which case, hey, we got Jimmy. But yeah. barring something like that, we're not going to have a $27 million backup. Um not gonna happen. So uh yeah, it's just a question of do we cut him today or do we cut him four weeks from now? And I think Kyle would Kyle would be petty about this. I wonder if there's someone in the organization saying we gotta do right by Jimmy, but it's like, dude, he created the situation for himself. He did. And now he wants like leniency. Let, let it no. So you can go sign with the with some team we're gonna play this year. No, absolutely not. You come here. You, you throw and then you go home. Where do you think he's at? This, do you think he's at the, the double tree? The Hilton? Where's he at? He doing? He's staying at the holiday Inn, Grant. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think they're going to do to him what the Patriots did to um, Cam Newton last year. Right at the very end. You're cut. Sorry. Hey, bitter end. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, thanks for everything though. You, Hey, can we just say, we really appreciate everything you've done. Of course. You and that's how they'll spin all, it to the media. Yeah. Just the utmost respect for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is the best. Who's well, I mean, what they're doing is like a big double bird salute on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Of 
it is. It's it's business. It's business. Yeah. You got to yeah. be cutthroat. And sorry, the 49ers don't owe him anything. They really don't. They've given him a lot of money. He's very wealthy. They don't owe him squat. So it is what it is. I just want to say, though, that when they finally cut Jimmy Garoppolo, I will give them like a, like a little golf clap for finally doing the right thing and not being insane and taking it any further. But um, when they cut him, I'm going to say you should have done this four months ago. And it's fair to point out that the only reason they waited four months is so they could avoid giving them that injury guarantee. And so I'm supposed to care about billionaires saving million, like $7 million? I don't care. You should have done it for four months. You should have spent some money. Like, yeah, you would have had to give up seven and a half million in dead money, but you would have freed up 17 million you could have freaking used. And you chose yeah. not to so that you could cut them at the very end. Not impressed, but I'll give you a little golf clap for finally doing it. At least you did it. Because I, I was, I, I, my opinion was so low of you. I actually thought you wouldn't do it. Not you, Jesse. I know you would. No, <laughs> yeah, I would have definitely done it. I'll say this. I, you know, again, I'm I'm going to maintain the stance that they still have a chance to go all in, kind of a midseason trade thing. They do. That's a good point. So I'll, I'll say that, and I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to eat an Italian sub live on air when Jimmy's cut. Hey, I'm Subway. <laughs> I heard a story from a source that Jimmy Garoppolo walked into a uh, Starbucks in Santa Clara the other day. Mm -hmm. and um no one knew who he was he just walked in everyone left him alone maybe it's not true the person that i heard this from clearly knew who he was but now maybe maybe if it was subway everyone would have been all over him but at <laughs> yeah. starbucks in santa clara now i'm not i'm fair to wonder if people in santa clara even know there's a team there the yeah, Niners moved to santa clara did you know that yeah yeah they're, they're there marie says he was talking about uh danny gray in college thank you sorry uh, thank you for explaining we got two comments, one from one from you. Grant, you need to block a bunch of clowns in your feed. You're right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it so that you have to be a, 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 a subscriber to comment. I think that's going to do something. You know what? You know what I would do, Grant? You know what? what I would do? What? I would, for those that pay to be members, yeah. I would make them honorary um, chat chat police basically right so because they're going to be here and let them i know that you have josh and josh does a great job but he's one guy you need yeah. a channel your size you need at least 10 all right i'm gonna assemble an army kenneth says grant do you think jimmy has a backup career as an adult film star people apparently love him jimmy subway sandwich is better than he is he doesn't have to do that he's got a hundred million dollars man he should yeah, just he's fine he should just play golf the coach says once jimmy got the surgery he drew a line in the sand he's on his own Chop them down and trade them for parts. Nobody's above the business of football. Yeah, I think so. And I think kind of Jimmy and, and Don Yee, I think the Niners feel they pulled a fast one. You didn't tell us. It's one thing to have the surgery, but the Niners said on the record, we didn't know. We had no idea this was going to no happen. Clue. And they keep saying there was a deal. There was a deal. There was. They must be so freaking pissed. Didn't you, can you fathom, if there was a deal on the table and it involved us a day two pick, can you imagine how angry they are, Jimmy? They're not going to do do right by Jimmy. That was a fairy tale. If they're looking for an option, Jimmy's going to request his release. And, and then, what? Are you kidding? They're mad at him. <laughs> you don't understand? I'm with you, coach. They're mad at him. He's mad at them. Watch no, they don't owe him anything. Watch D4 go to Seattle and prosper. I was thinking he's going to go back to uh, Kansas City for nothing. 
considering our style of offense, how good of 10 uh, does Trey really have to, how good out of 10 does Trey really have to be in order to be a contender in the postseason? Jimmy Garoppolo was like a four. It's a fair I question. got an answer. I got an answer right. for this. I So somebody threw out on Twitter the other day, they asked, what are your expectations for Trey? And I don't want to put any expectations on Trey from how many games they win standpoint, because I really don't think QB wins as a stat. Also, last year they were a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. I don't know what the team problems are going to be this year. We'll see as the season goes along how it plays yeah. out. It may have nothing to do with the quarterback and they don't win, right? But I will say this. My expectation is that Trey Lance is a top 15 quarterback. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I mean, the way that you talk about Trey Lance, that's a little light. But when I look at Trey Lance, first of all, I look at Jimmy at his best was a top 17 guy. And the difference between 17 and 14 is a big gap. And let me give you that gap real quick. The guys that I have at 11, 12, 13, and 14 in no particular order are Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Carr, and Cousins, who I think all of those guys are pretty damn good quarterbacks. If Trey Lance breaks into that tier his first year, the league could be in big-time trouble. That style of play or that play, that level of play, could be a problem in the playoffs for a lot of these teams. And then build on it and get better and break into the top 10 next year. Those are my expectations for Trey Lance. Here's why I look at it. Here's the way I look at it. Um, I don't have much respect for Jimmy Garoppolo. Have I conveyed that on my channel in the last two, three no. years? No, I don't why don't you why don't you me. tell us how you really feel? I'm, I mean, yeah. if if someone said he's the 33rd best quarterback in the world, I wouldn't argue. I think he's a backup. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan could consistently get his numbers top 15 in quarterback rating, QBR, like, okay, so you took a guy who's like maybe the 30th best quarterback and made him a top 15 statistically quarterback. You took a guy in Nick Mullins who's maybe top 75, maybe. And you had him looking like a legit starter for a minute. So now you actually have a quarterback who's talented. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but if Jimmy's the 30th best quarterback in the league, like even after two starts, Trey Lance should be at least 29, at least after two starts. So I, I feel like Kyle, once he figures out just the tendencies and what, what Trey does best and what he does worst, he's going to have really good numbers. Doesn't mean he'll be a top 10 quarterback, but he very well could be top 10 in QBR this year. If you go back and look at Colin Kaepernick, his rookie year in 2012? No, 2013, he had the whole year. He was seven in QBR. Doesn't mean he was the seventh best quarterback, but him and that offense and defense didn't really know what to expect. He was a problem. Trey Lance could be a problem too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah he. I mean, let's, let's be real. I think the stat, I'd have to double check on this one, but I'm pretty sure since 2006, Kyle Shanahan has put three quarterbacks in the top 10 and average yards per reception, which is is going to incorporate, obviously, Yak. But he's had Mullins, Beathard, and Jimmy Garoppolo in the top 10 of that category. Since 2006, the top 10 quarterbacks since that time, he's had three of them. And two of them aren't even good enough to be in this league. One of them is a starter, but borderline at times, right? That's also, how good Kyle Shanahan is. Also, so Kyle Shanahan's best season ever was 2016, right? Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was record setting. One of the sure. greatest offenses of all time that year, Matt Ryan MVP averaged 13.3 yards per completion league league high. Yep. Trey Lance averaged 14.7 last year. 
All right. So there's a lot to be excited about there. I think we're going to see the most aggressive version. Because what was so cool about the Atlanta version of Kyle's offense was it was a down-the-field throwing. It was not a yak offense. I mean, it had some of that, but it was very aggressive down the field. Play action down the field. Matt Ryan looked very good doing that. I feel like we're actually going to – this offense is going to get back to that, what it was in Atlanta. Plus, it's going to be like a combination of Atlanta and Washington. The Jimmy G offense is very much gone, I think. Quick passing, no play action. Not my favorite. I Here's what's interesting. You just talked about a little bit of a hybrid. I think this team, with the quarterback they have at play and the players they have around them, really can kind of be a chameleon and unleash any style of play at any time. They can do the Washington thing. Mm-hmm. They can do the Falcon thing. They can do the Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. thing. It They really can do it all. And, and if they can really find a way to navigate through the season and unleash little things at a time and then come to the playoffs and be like, good luck preparing for this. We can run three different game plans with Trey Lance because he can do everything that we are asking him to do. And then some that that's, that can be very, very scary. Very scary. Nathan says cone army, unite great work. Rent Jesse D Ford video with Jimmy had me dying. Don't <laughs> die. Jacqueline Knox. Thank you very much. I promise I'm going to give some, some more like perks for members. I'm going to work on that this year. I promise we're going to do some members only stuff. I promise. You're going to be mods too. You, you yeah, to me you're going to be mods. You're very that's welcome. Right, mods just coming in. Who in the hell is going to start at nickel today was Denard. So yeah, that's a fair question. They, they don't even like pretend to have a solution there unless you think Denard is that guy. Last question. Fables film, Fable films production says, does it make sense at this point to trade Jimmy and pay for his contract for a draft pick? Similar to Browns acquiring Brock Oslier in 16. Yeah. I mean, how much? No. How much is a second round pick worth when you're just going to spend it on Aaron Banks? Sorry, you're not going to get a second. They're not going to get. They're not going to get a second round pick for Jimmy. There's no way. No, what the Niners should do is they should cut Jimmy Garoppolo four months ago. That's my plan. <laughs> it's a good plan. I like it. Hey, John, I missed your super chat. So why don't you write it right now in all all caps? Like don't pay anything, and I'll talk about it. Do it right now. And then right now. Over. Oh, I think I found it. Missed you. Is SF cheap on O-line because of Lance's legs? Pardon? Uh, is San Francisco being cheap on O-line? Is Okay, I'm trying to make sense of heads or tails. Uh, is San Francisco being cheap on the offensive line because of Lance's legs? So basically, are they putting a lot on Lance and expecting because he's no, mobile? They're being cheap on the offensive cheap. line because of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. I think. I don't know. They, uh, I mean, they used to spend. They spent. They spent on Alex Mack. They spent on Tomlinson. I don't know. Yeah. I'm tripping. Am I? Am I right, John? Was it a two dollars super chat? It was way up there. I think I found it. I think that was it. That was from him, at least. I don't know if he had multiple super chats, but I. I'll tell you what. If if that's if they're really relying on Lance and his legs to get that done in year one as a starter. Boy, that's pretty disrespectful. You gave Jimmy the world, and you're not going to give Trey Lance the world. That's I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like it at all either. But that's the end of the show. This was fun. Uh, Jesse, thanks fun. for doing this with me. Hey, thank you for coming or uh, having me on, man. I, I uh, reached out to you. was like, hey, are we on? You're like, 6 o'clock we are. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad you were flexible. Glad you guys could watch. Um, this is uh, This is my favorite month of the year. I love training camp. 
I really enjoy it. I hope my passion comes through my coverage. Thank you guys for watching me. I really, really appreciate it. All the donations, all the views today. Love you guys. Back at it tomorrow.